Longtime listeners of the show will recognize our next guest. Dr. Lee is in this episode of the Chillinoy Podcast. In case you didn't know, we recently launched a Patreon, meaning that if you're listening to this for free right now, you're listening to this episode at least two weeks late. You can sign up for our Patreon. It only costs $3 a month, and you get early access to all episodes of the Chillinoy Podcast. We drop a new episode every Sunday, and as always, we have some of the heaviest hitters in the cannabis industry, the entertainment industry, and more. So subscribe to us on Patreon. It's chillinoy.net slash Patreon. Well, Dr. Lee, like I was saying before we got on air, this will be the first time you've uh, been on the video version of the podcast. So, um, and people don't know this because you know, we've talked and we've seen each other all these years now that we've been speaking actually. Um, but your hair's never been this long. So you, you, it's impressive. I just want to make sure everyone can get a good look at it. Yeah. 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 It's, it's not easy. I'm not going to stand here and lie to you. <laughs> like I've had so many phases where I've just touched my hair and it's just gross. Cause I have never been used to like dealing with it, but now it's pretty nice. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Yeah, well, hey, your your hair does look good. I will say that. It's just I was just m- making a note that I've never seen it this long in all of our relationships. So I appreciate um, it. That. Yeah. So hey, before we get too much further, uh, longtime listeners of the show know who you are. But for new listeners or for folks that got too stoned and forgot, can you remind? <laughs> uh, can you remind them? <laughs> sure. Um, I'm Dr. Lee. I own a small business called Green Mind Physicians. At first, I was the very first doctor there. Um, and that's the way it was for two years. I was basically making a lot of appointments in Illinois. That's how I met Cole. We met on Reddit. Um, and Reddit's just been a huge part of the growth of our business. Um, at this point, I don't even see patients anymore. I just manage the business. Um, I'm not going to say it's a dream come true because it was a dream that I like never knew that I had. You know what I'm saying? It just kind of happened. Um, but I can't say enough good things about the Reddit community and like the Illinois community and just the way things have happened. I know, I know for a fact that we would not be where we are without you guys and without Reddit um, and without Illinois in general. So I really would like to let you know that I really appreciate you, Cole, and thanks for. Um, Thanks for not just the business, but also the community. You know, it's really scary to go out on your own and like try to start something new. But um, having read it there has just been amazing the whole time. Um, so in honor of that, I was definitely planning on doing some type of motion for you guys, which we could talk about later. Um, but I'm really grateful to be here talking to you after I was like three freaking years of doing this. Um, so I really liked it. Thanks a lot. Yeah. Yeah, well, thank you. That means so much. And um, just, you know, it sounds like you're already aware of it, but I just got to say it's it's pretty remarkable how when the question gets asked on social media, whether it be Reddit or, or whatever medium, it's remarkable how many people are quick to answer green mind physicians. So yeah. uh, really quick, just a plug for that. Yeah. And I guess, yeah, if you have some sort of uh Chilinois special you're running, feel free to feel free to mention it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, tell people where they can find green mind physicians. And we should make it clear. Uh, this is for folks that uh, believe they qualify for the medical cannabis program and mm-hmm. uh, green mind physicians can help you with that. Uh, so yeah. 
We certify patients in Illinois often. Um, to their credit, Illinois has like steadily made it a little easier and easier to get certified as a medical patient. Um, so we offer appointments in Illinois. Um, I'll make the code Illinois. Um, so you listeners of the podcast or anyone who hears this can, I don't even know when I'm going to make the expiration date, but we'll make it good for earlier. We'll say $30 off for the next however long. Um, so people can get renewed or get their first card. Um, Illinois. Illinois, you'll be talking to Katie, who is like my number one employee. She's the best person ever. Um, so I'm sure you will love her <laughs> as, as much as people have apparently grown to love me over the years. It's just, it's just amazing to hear that kind of feedback. I really appreciate it. Yeah, no, people really have. I mean, that's actually one of the comments. Uh, I have full confidence that you said Katie was it. I have full confidence yeah. that 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 they're great. Um, but yeah, one of the comments that people always had was not only is Green Mind Physicians the great option, but Doctor Lee's awesome. Um, not only you know, not only because you're open to cannabis, but you're also not going to hesitate to tell me what I should and shouldn't be, you know, thinking of and doing, you know. Yeah, I mean, from my perspective, having done like tens and thousands of patients over the years, it does get a little repetitive, but um, you can never be sure that people haven't heard the message that you're trying to give. Um, and that's healthcare in general, you know, you have good days and bad days as a doctor, but you still say the same things to every single patient to make sure they're thinking about their lungs and their heart and not just smoking and all that stuff. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, let me just put it this way. I know... I know several individuals who have got gone to another place to get certified and the, the doctor just doesn't even listen to them. And it's just, just like, give me your money and I'll sign this. And it's not even a valuable experience. You make it a valuable experience. Like the conversation uh, we've had on the show is like, you know, we, the, the number one thing, and it's controversial to some, but we've really urged people to reconsider their methods of ingestion. Maybe you shouldn't smoke weed, right? Because smoking is unhealthy. Yeah. Maybe you shouldn't just smoke weed. <laughs> this is what I go with, because I still smoke a joint once in a while. I'm never going to be able to say that I don't smoke weed, you know? Sure. Um, but there is some wisdom to trying to like change your pattern over time. Yeah, yeah. So that's what I meant when I said you're not going to hesitate to tell us uh, – to tell us what's what on the uh, situation. So, um, so yeah, Green Mind Physicians, people Google it, use that code Chillinois. And uh, thank you so much. I'm sure that uh, many people will take advantage of that and uh, just want to say thanks again. Yeah. So, well, we've got uh, some interesting things to talk about today. Um, I wanted to take a nosedive right into the topic of THC potency and, uh, just a quick backstory for our listeners, if if they've not been listening to the show, but it's a topic we've touched on a few different times in a few different contexts. Um, the one on my mind today is this talking point that today's cannabis is supercharged. And uh, some people have even gone so far to say that it can be blamed uh, for mass shootings. Um that's some of the crazier claims. I don't know if you've seen those. Uh, oh, Fox I think it's hard to ignore those types of things if you're interested in cannabis and you watch yeah. So I wanted to, to have you back on, not only to reconnect and to remind people that your services are there for them, but we always have a great, honest conversation about these topics. And so I wanted to ask you, what, what's your uh, perspective on THC potency? Maybe we can start with, is today's cannabis supercharged? Is it? Yeah. 
I think that's a really good place to start, just in like simple definitions. I think the evidence is pretty overwhelming. You know, the the link you sent me is pretty well researched on this like particular point. Um, but the evidence is there that marijuana, like if you're comparing flower to flower, yes, we have definitely done something to the genetics of this plant to make it stronger than it used to be. I don't think anyone on the entire planet would like deny that fact. Um, I think overall what we're dealing with is you're right. Like if I'm addressing these people talking about supercharged cannabis, I would say you're right, but you're missing the point. You know what I'm saying? Like the fact is that marijuana is a lot stronger than it used to be. We can't get around that. Um, but the point they're trying to make with it is it, it does not, it does not stand up to scrutiny. Um, so yes, marijuana is stronger, but what does that really mean? That's that takes a little more finesse. Yeah. And I guess the, the, the number one hole that comes to mind with me, I mean, the people that bounty about this THC potency, the, the concerns about THC potency. Uh, so Fox News is on that list, but I'm going to make it more specific to somebody who's been on the show before. Smart approaches to marijuana. They constantly talk about the fact that it's not your grandma's weed. It's not Woodstock weed. And uh, they talk about the fact that the, the legalization inherently has caused a drive towards the most potent products. And these potent products will uh, end up just uh, getting people addicted and everything else. And again, I think the number one flaw in this argument is if we're going to have the converse, like, let me back up for a second. Um, as if people don't know, smart approaches to marijuana often argues against the legalization of cannabis. And here's my thing. If you want to talk about capping THC, you have to have the legalization of cannabis. It's kind of interesting how they fell in on themselves on that one. Do you get what mm -hmm. I'm saying, Dr. Yeah, Lee? That's true. That's definitely true. Because how are you, if it, if it is illegal, how are you even going to have the conversation about capping THC? I think they've probably gotten to the point where they're forced to be a little pragmatic and they're like, well, shit, we can't like ban THC completely. So we have to like shoot our shot with something we can address, which is the THC amounts. Um, ugh, I can't believe I'm going to say this. I don't think they're completely wrong. I think um, a basic principle of addiction psychology is that the stronger the product is, the more likely of a chance that you have of becoming addicted to it. We can have our separate conversation about how serious marijuana addiction is um, because there are very serious differences between marijuana addiction and the other kinds of drug addiction that we consider pretty regularly. Um, so big picture wise, if marijuana is stronger, are more people going to become addicted to it? My answer is yes. Short story. Um, and it's not anything special about marijuana. It's just the way the human body deals with substances. If you drink really strong coffee, you're going to become more tolerant to caffeine. If you drink alcohol regularly and you're drinking shots, 10 shots a day instead of 10 beers a day, you're going to get more serious alcohol dependency. I think it's just part of part of human physiology. Um, so I don't think that that's a completely incorrect statement. Um, do I support capping THC percentages? Yeah, that's a pretty interesting conversation too. Um, I'm a doctor, so I connect this medically. Uh, are there advantages to having a shitload of THC? No. There's no evidence that like super high THC products do better than lower THC products. If anything, the opposite's true. You know, 
products with more CBD in general do a better job for treating most medical conditions. So you're left in this really funny place, you know, um, a lot of things that they say have an element of truth to them, but like, what are they really trying to achieve with this? Um, I think you're dealing with like a really, especially with our audience. So you're dealing with a lot of people that for one reason or another, find that marijuana brings something very special to their life. Medical, not medical, who the fuck knows, but we all really appreciate it and we all have it in our lives. And you know, if someone was to come at me when I was 21 and say, don't use this shatter. You don't know what it's going to do to you. I would have been like, fuck you. I'm going to try it. Of course I am. <laughs> but that's like the kid in you talking. And when you're, when you stop being a kid and you look at the evidence, you kind of, you know, have to see it both ways. So that's kind of the place that I guess both of us are at. And I'm guessing a lot of people listening kind of find an element of truth to that too. And that's what we're here to talk about because the point is that it is true. More marijuana is out there. More people are using it. More people are using it habitually. And while high potency THC probably isn't the bogeyman they make it out to be, like what is routine THC use doing to us in general? And that's kind of a separate question, but it's fun to talk about. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's an honest conversation to have. It just, my thing is, um, I, I, and I think a lot of people's resistance to this is like when we start talking about capping THC, it's like, there's like almost nuance to that. Like, I think we agree that like, for example, there was a huge issue in Colorado legalized, uh, where edibles, people just did not know what they were getting. And so I feel like that's when the standard came out where it's like, okay, there's going to be a hundred milligrams per edible and there's going to be 10 milligrams servings. I feel like that's where that standard really started. And so in a sense, you could say that's a THC cap because they capped it at hundred milligrams and they capped the, the, the amount per dose. And I'm all for that because, you know, then we're talking uh, standard units, units of measurement, and then mm. we can start having a conversation and you as a doctor can figure out how to titrate doses mm -hmm. for people. I am all for this, the conversation of standardization, sure. but it does seem hasty. And, and I'm, I know you're not arguing for this, but it does seem hasty on the, like the behalf of Sam and the behalf of others to argue for THC potency because it would just, I mean, I guess I understand they don't understand this argument already, but it would just lead to more things in the black market. You know, if people can't find it legally, well, what are we going to do? We're going to try to find it illegally. You know, I, if I'm looking for what I'm looking for, then I'm going to find it. And I guess my final thought, I know I kind of went all over the place, but my final thought is we're not even having this conversation with alcohol. Like you can go to the liquor store and buy Everclear that would kill you if you bought, if you drank the whole bottle. Like there's no doubt about that. It would kill you. But I don't know mm. of anything you can buy from the dispensary that if you consumed it all, <laughs> it would kill you, you know, that night. You would have a rough ride for sure. Yeah, I think that's a really good argument for Sam, especially with what they're trying to say with the capping. Like, that's a very, like, direct comparison for them to suck a dick on. Um, <laughs> but what the part of your conversation that really strikes me is the, like, part about precision, about, I mean, what you're describing with the doses, I would describe that as, like, being precise. It's not necessarily capping anything. Capping is 
stopping things from getting too high. Um, so what you're saying is like exactly where marijuana needs to go. Like for marijuana to have any legitimacy, we need to be able to standardize it and to give it a certain dose over and over and over again. Like that's, that's medicine. You know, that's what makes marijuana medicine instead of marijuana. Um, the capping thing is like, we, we kind of know that people don't need THC to treat conditions medically. So, you know, what are we going to do with these super high THC products? Do we keep them? Do we not keep them? Is it a medical question? Is it a not medical question? For me, it's a not medical question. It's a recreational question. Do we have this product available for people to get like super duper stoned on when they want to? For me, obvious answer is yes. I, I don't care. You know, you'd be hard pressed to find a logical answer for why this is a bad thing pragmatically. Like, do we have a ton of data saying that it's going to lead to crime or anything like that? No. Um, I think an asterisk to that is some of the health stuff, um, which I'm happy to talk to you a little bit about because, yeah. Well, let me just leave it there. And well, actually, start. yeah, I think that's that's a good segue because, like, that's the that's my thing is that like, okay we've had like vape recalls and it's not the question of cannabis or the amount of THC in it. It's the question of the filler that was used or the flavoring that was used. And, and we see this across industries where it's like, okay, this certain additive that's it's clearly associated with something. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I, I will, yeah, I want to open up the conversation. Is it that, I mean, is it that we're seeing data that shows that high levels, higher levels of THC is inherently bad? Like, do you get how I'm framing that question first before we get any further? Like, again, the question of because because let me put it this way, mm -hmm. vaping anything, as we've discussed, inhaling something that an aerosol that's that's heated is probably not healthy at all. Right you'd probably be better off just breathing air, you know, and not vaping you sure. know, if we're making that comparison. Sure. But if we're talking about vaping a regulated vaporizer versus a black market vaporizer, which might be using fillers or whatever else, like I see the argument in that, like in, in the regulation needed in that and why an unregulated product using some filler shouldn't be on the shelves. But I guess, yeah, I wanted to open it up. It sounds like you're prepared to talk about like, mm -hmm. is, is there room for a conversation like that with THC? There's a lot to unpack here. I feel like there are several questions. Um, My apologies. Sometimes I do that. I throw several okay. questions out. Um, the vaping thing is pretty big and could honestly be its own episode. And I would like have to research a lot more to like be properly prepared for it. But yeah, um, regulated and non-regulated vapes, they both are known to cause lung injuries. Even the things that we do regulate and feel like are safe aren't super studied. So that's still happening even with legal vape products. It doesn't stop me from vaping. Like I can have one right here. Like it's a part of my life that I'm okay with. Like no one I know goes through life being like, I need to be totally perfect you know yeah total perfection no risk at all that's just not human you know for me i vape a little bit i smoke a little bit it makes me can i try to <laughs> can i try to quantify this again it's like it's like the let's just vitamin e acetate that was a choice yeah. and we can choose to use a different cut for whatever that is we can use something <laughs> different the but, choices but that THC, we would replace us with are not like 
bulletproof either, you know? There's oh, a and I agree. There. I agree to that. I agree Ooh. to that. But what I'm trying to say is THC is merely the end result of the cultivation process. It's not like you added anything or that was your choice. I mean, you could say that it was your choice. To okay. Have okay. Yeah. You know I, what I'm saying? Like out of all of the things that make up the juice inside of a vape cartridge, THC is probably the least suspect. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 That's what sure. I'm saying. That's kind of, I mean, that's probably Sorry. Yeah. It was a long way of getting there. <laughs> but at the same right. time, I like thinking about it. It's probably kind of true. Um, but I would like to say that there is one really reasonable argument against high potency products. Um, first of all, the reason I say people are missing the point is because our, our marijuana is higher in THC. So what? You can pick up a vape and it's already higher than the highest THC marijuana. So you're missing the point. Like access to very high THC products already exists. It doesn't have anything to do with flower cannabis. So anyone who has ever used marijuana or who walks into a dispensary already knows that. You can get a vape cartridge with 95% THC, no problem. No flower is ever going to approach that. So at the very beginning, your argument is kind of like strange to me. It's not the flower. Very high THC products are out there and they exist. Um, the follow-up to that is like, why do we care about this? Are there health consequences to having high THC products? And the big one has to do with mental health and young people. Um, they're linking this to shootings. That's like a few steps above where we are right now. But we can pretty firmly say that THC and marijuana products are linked to psychosis. It's an inevitable truth of marijuana that we cannot struggle to get away from. We should not struggle to get away from. We should look at it and think about it and talk to our friends about it and all that shit. Um, it's linked to psychosis. So just put a pin in it. I don't, I don't even want to have to talk about why it just is. Um, you can get psychosis as an adult. You know, it happens. Um, we, we don't like it. We try to treat it obviously, but the, the group of, people that we really worry about is kids. Uh, so we know marijuana use is going up in kids. We know that marijuana is getting stronger. And we also know that there's this like window when you're like a late teenager where THC exposure really increases your risk of getting psychosis. Um, that is also just a fact. I don't want to have to like go into the evidence about it. You just got to listen to Dr. Lee. It's a fact. Um, so the argument is that having high THC products around is going to predispose these kids to psychosis. Um, and I find that kind of credible. You know, my, my fucking cousin is using a marijuana vape. You know, it's happening. Like people are using marijuana at a younger age. It is happening. Um, that leads us with like what to do about it. Um, I think it's really reasonable to, for, oh my God, there's so many topics at once. Uh, do you have any follow-ups on what I just said? <laughs> I mean, I like that the 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 segue. What what to do about it? Because because that's kind of yeah the thing we were dancing around at the beginning, and I said it was the hole in Sam's argument. It's like their answer is no legalization at all, and my thing is like, but if it's not legalized, how are you going to cap it? Because a cap requires regulation, right? So there's the thing. Um, legalization programs in different states have different caps, right? So there's like, if you go to Georgia or Iowa, they're low THC programs. So we, we know that this has been a legislated thing. It is a thing. The only age group, because of what we're talking about, where I could see caps being reasonable and I would almost support them is in kids. Um, I don't see a lot of benefit to giving kids a shitload of THC. I just don't. 
Um, anytime I have a pediatric patient, I talk to them and I talk to their parents. I talk to them about the smoking thing, which I'm fucking annoying about. And I talk to everybody about, but I also talk to them about high THC products because of this psychosis thing. Um, normally when we make recommendations as doctors, it's because big groups of other doctors have like put together a bunch of data and said, these are our guidelines. Like, this is what you should tell patients. This is not that. There are no groups of doctors for marijuana doctors. This is just me looking at the evidence and saying, this is what I would watch out for. This is what I worry about with THC and with high THC. And this is what I worry about with you. You're a young person. Young people almost always come with mental health situations. So a young person with a mental health situation is the most at-risk person to develop psychosis. Um, most of these young people come to me with parents. And by the time they get to me, they've gotten to the place where they're okay with using marijuana as part of their lives. So I'm still okay with it. I'm, I'm not saying that I won't certify a patient for this, but I do sit everyone down and I say, here's risks. Psychosis is a thing. You should really prioritize high CBD treatment. Do you wish to proceed with this? They always say yes. And there you go. Um, the other thing that I always think about is the fact that most of these people are already using marijuana. So that makes me feel okay about just making them transition to legal marijuana. Um, but I do think that this high THC conversation needs an asterisk because of the kid's situation. I do think that there's enough reasonable data to make that type of claim. I'm not going to say that I know like the exact threshold for THC products that makes me feel good. Um, but if we're going to have this conversation, I would say that it makes sense for kids. Fair. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's such a, it's such a big topic and it's hard to, it's hard to unpack it all. Um, and, and I know that you don't want to get too deep into this, but I just got to ask it like a surface level. Cause to me, like what you said, like whenever people have said that cannabis cause may cause psychosis or schizophrenia and, and people get like offended about it and up in arms about it, like, no, it doesn't. Like I've never actually gotten like really offended about that hypothesis or whatever you want to say that is, I know you, uh, that, that idea, I've never been offended by it because it's like, sure. of course, if you're, if you're messing with your consciousness, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know? I, I didn't mean to seem, make it seem like that either. Um, oh no, but no, I, I didn't feel like you were, I'm actually, I'm, what I'm saying is I've noticed it myself. Yeah. Like sure. people like want to, people want to say that because, you know, you can't overdose on cannabis and this and that and the other, that it's completely healthy. And could, yeah. and all I'm, all we are saying is that there is nuance yeah, to that. Exactly. I mean, yeah. that's, that's definitely the big picture people who love marijuana and you love marijuana by and large, there's a whitewashing component of marijuana. You know, you use it, it works for you. You feel very happy towards it and you ignore the flaws. Um, but it is not real. And yeah. I've been contacted by a few patients that have had, it's usually industry exposure, like a oven went off and they got a blast of marijuana to the face or something like that. It's usually something very strange like that, like a very high THC exposure that has set off psychotic symptoms. Um, so it's not unheard of even for me as a solo practitioner like I, I have heard tales of this and it's always that patient group like a younger person with a predisposition um 
Yeah. I mean, I bring this up uh, because I know, first of all, I know everybody knows this person's name. I also know everybody has thoughts about this person, but this person, the name that I'm about to say, most people would say they are a cannabis advocate. They're a pretty public stoner, um, everything else. Uh, Joe Rogan is pretty open about the fact that he's got at least one friend that has never been the same since he took an edible. Like, and he's talking like mentally, like it's like actually like, like, like serious. Like he's not saying it like a joke, like it's serious, you know, and those stories are out there. That's the only reason I bring it up is to back you up and say that that's real, you know? Yeah. But I guess my, my question, we don't have to get crazy deep into it, but it's like, were those people predisposed to psychosis already? And again, messing with their consciousness Mm-hmm. I mean, cannabis, I mean, one of the number one symptoms is anxiety. So like you get into an anxiety, you know, I can see how quickly how it could lead to psychosis, you know, if you're yeah, predisposed to that. Honestly, I've, I've read some research that suggests like that paranoia feeling is like the very lowest level of psychosis or what they call subclinical psychosis or like very mild psychosis. So those things that we experience are maybe like our brains, like on the tipping point, <laughs> you know, trying to say like, hey. <laughs> you were right to not do this yeah. um, I mean that's kind of fun to think about too but uh, that is just like the predisposition it is that age group you know it's young adults like that's where psychosis yeah. really presents schizophrenia usually presents in young adults in the 21 to 25 age group um, for marijuana it kind of seems like people are starting to use it younger than that like a lot of people are using it regularly in the 15 to 18 age group Um, which is why it's like really relevant to this discussion. Um, There's also some pretty interesting findings showing that the type of psychosis you get is a little different, Um, meaning that the symptoms that you get when you have psychosis induced by marijuana or induced by THC are a little different than like organic psychosis that you would get without it. Um, So it's interesting. It's evolving. It's a field of research. And if you have a young person in your life that you love, make sure they know about this. Because again, it's not like I would tell people to never use marijuana. I would tell people what to watch out for. I would tell people that if they do have these types of symptoms, they should think about the marijuana, they should stop using it, and they should talk to a doctor. That's what I tell them. I wouldn't just say this super useful tool that you've noticed. No, never use it because of the risk of psychosis. I would tell them what to expect. And if they noticed it then they should talk to their primary care doctor and do something about it yeah and uh so i guess i want to try to wrap this back around we've talked about it in a few different ways but what do you think is a way to have a productive conversation going forward like what what are some of the guardrails you put on it sounds like to start with we we should maybe consider potency limits with with kids or, or standardization precision, like you said. Oh, um, I mean, I would honestly just kind of want to know what the problem is that they're trying to address. Um, if it's a health related thing or if it's not because I'm only really qualified to address the one thing. Um, but even though we're very different and we come from different ends of the spectrum, I guess we're really at the end of the day trying to get people to think about marijuana. So somehow I feel like a reasonableness when I talk about this. Um, 
Oh no, is that weird to say? <laughs> say that again. It's weird to you feel what? Sometimes I feel a reasonableness when I talk about like the limits of marijuana. Like it feels good to sit down and be like, well, maybe there's a group that I would restrict it in and it's kids. And like that feels okay to say as a doctor because it, it gives me something reasonable to say to these other groups, like the group that you were talking about earlier. Yeah, I just really feel like it's a conversation, like you say, about precision and not restriction. I like how you said that earlier. Yeah, it's a a conversation about precision and not restriction, because I believe that just like alcohol, you should be able to buy whatever product you want to buy. And if that's Everclear, go ahead, have fun. But at least, you know, even with that Everclear, that it is precise I mean, the label is precise. You know what you're getting. And that's not the case when you get a cannabis product. Like, I, I'm, not, I'm not aware of any that are very precise and consistent and reliable, you know. Um, and I think that's really what, like, if we were to agree on something that's logical, I feel like that's the conversation there. How do we make things more precise and reliable, you know? Yeah, because I'm, I mean, I'm willing to concede the high TH thing and a lot of this other stuff for recreational use because to some extent, who cares? You know, the Everclear thing, same kid thing. Drink yourself to death, go for it. And I mean, my biggest thing really is that if you, if you try to cap that and make it, quote, illegal, all it's going to do, like the point of legalization was to get people out of the gray market or the black market or whatever you want to call it. And so by making these arbitrary restrictions, I think you're just going to create another black market. Yeah, I think that's definitely true as well. Um, And I think it's very ironic, (laughs) you know, because it goes back to the thing I said earlier, like we like marijuana and some of us don't really know why. And um, for a lot of people, because we've tied legalization into medicine, people try to like fit themselves into some type of diagnosis. And then we're stuck trying to figure out the, the quality of evidence for marijuana for that diagnosis. Yeah. So we've tied marijuana legalization strictly to this medical sense. That's the way it's become legalized in every single state. Um, and we're doing like a lot of backtracking to say, yes, it actually does work for this medical condition. It wasn't the other way around. It wasn't like research first, this medical condition. No, it was a bunch of doctors saying, we think it works for this medical condition. That's our list. Let's legalize it. So it's just funny. It's just funny all around. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. Hamilton Morris has a really good quote on this. and I'm going to butcher it, but I, I, uh, I loved it. So he basically said that, you know, a lot of this stuff is because we feel culturally that we have to justify everything. Like, why are you doing this? Well, because I've got, I've got this to deal with. So I've got to, you know, I've got to justify it. And, uh, I'm hoping that going forward, you know, we can just be more honest about the fact that like, well, why do you have a vape pen? Well, because I like how it makes me feel like that's it. Does it, you don't have to justify it. Like, yeah, I mean, it's just so weird because it's been stigmatized for so long. So the medical aspect really breaks that stigma down for a lot of people. And I like understand how it's a really useful tool, but I agree with you. I don't. Like, that's where I would want to end up. Like, not too fast because I make money doing medical cards. So <laughs> slow down. But, yes, I totally agree with you. Um, and like we were mentioning before the show, that strange juxtaposition of medical of marijuana being tied exclusively to medicine and, like, a bunch of people trying to fit themselves into a diagnosis to get marijuana. Um, I think it's really funny how shrooms are, to me, that 
the evidence for mushrooms writ large versus the evidence for marijuana is a lot stronger. Um, so now we're dealing with another substance that's probably going to go through this same state-by-state -state process. And it's not tied medically at all. Like it's not, it's not even remotely medical. Uh, it is remotely medical, but it's a very small amount that's medical. So I find that very ironic. You know, we're dealing with something that basically has a pretty consistent body of evidence um, versus marijuana, which is very haphazard in terms of evidence. Um, marijuana is only medical. Shrooms aren't. It's weird. Yeah. Can you unpack that a little bit more? Like just tell me about some of the medical uh yeah, some of the data to back up shrimps versus cannabis. That was interesting to hear. I mean, so my next venture is next year, and I'm moving to actually moving to Portland tomorrow. Thumbs up. Super exciting five-day drive. Uh, moving to Portland tomorrow to work in the psilocybin industry. So that is being legalized for the first time in January. Uh, January 2nd, 2023, you can apply for a psilocybin license. Um, there's some similarities and there's some differences, but the big one to me as a medical provider is that we're dealing with something that is essentially fairly, fairly medical um, or could be medical as medical as marijuana is. Um, and there's really no like due diligence to make it medical at all. Um, to give mushrooms to someone, you have to take what's called a facilitator course, which is 180 hours and four or five of the hours are about medicine or research. Um, so they've really tied it in with this like cultural thing. Um, like a lot of it has to do with the native cultures that use mushrooms and other psycho psychedelic medications. Um, so I just find it very interesting that the training is very, very different. Um, it seems like most of the people that are going to be giving mushrooms to patients in Oregon, at least at the very beginning, are not medical at all. It seems like they are um, spiritual. So it's just like a very, uh, very stark difference. Um, I'm looking forward to see how it evolves because frankly for marijuana, I kind of feel like I got in not at the right time. It's kind of fun to think about what could happen with this one. Yeah. Yeah. That's super cool. That's super cool. And I'm really excited and I hope you have safe travels on the, on the trip, my friend. Uh, you'll have to let me know when you get there and uh, get, get there safe and stuff. Maybe make it post on social media or something. Um, but yeah, yeah. Well, um, there was a lot to this conversation. I wanted to just give you a chance really quick. If there wasn't, if there's was anything that we didn't necessarily touch base on because you mentioned it once and I have a tendency to just throw out questions that send us in different directions. So if, if there was anything that that you didn't cover with regard to kind of this topic of THC potency, I wanted to give you an opportunity. Um, let's see. I'm going to go down my list. I don't know. I feel like we got, I feel like we hit all the major points, you know, covered the gamut. THC potency is probably contributing to the widespread use, widespread routine use of marijuana. One, two, people that are criticizing it are kind of missing the point because higher THC products are readily available. Oh, and here's, here's something reasonable. The psychosis that we're looking at when we deal with marijuana products isn't like a homicidal rage. Like the most common symptoms are paranoia that lasts when you're not stoned. Um, so that same feeling of nervousness that you have when you're stoned, the last when you're not stoned. That's the number one common symptom. Number two common symptom is auditory hallucinations. Um, and these are usually not voices. They're just strange sounds. 
by and large, if they evolve into voices or worse commands, then we, we think something is seriously happening. So the psychosis that we're talking about is really mild and it generally isn't too intrusive in the person's life. Um, so I guess that's another important thing, even though we're talking these things about psychosis, the psychosis that we deal with by and large is very uh, mild. You know, mostly you get put on a medication for a year, um, see if you still have symptoms and then maybe talk about maybe even reintroducing cannabis into your life. That would be reasonable to me. Um, but that's, that's a decent thing to add to this conversation. Yeah. And again, I just want to rest my hat on this argument right here. Whether, no matter which way we go on T, go ahead. Did you have something? No, I'm listening. This is what I do. Uh, listen. <laughs> okay. Uh, no matter which way we go on THC potency, this conversation is brought to you by legalization and not solely, but I would say that we have the tools at our disposal to even, to even be able to talk about like, Oh yes, there are in fact higher, you know, high, highly concentrated THC products on the market. The only reason we're able to say that in my opinion is because there's a huge restriction in legalization to test everything. Right. Yeah. I'm not saying that we, you couldn't do both. I'm not saying you couldn't yeah. also still continue to test THC, but mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. We can all be thankful for that, especially the medical establishment. There were no standards before legalization. And for marijuana to go anywhere medically, that's what you need. You need standardization. You need that boring shit. You know, 10 milligrams has to be 10 milligrams every single time. Um, and that's absolutely true. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I know you said that you weren't prepared like prepared to speak on this necessarily, but I do have a final question uh, just with some nuance, uh, just yeah. because we're talking about THC potency. I'm just wondering if like at a glance you had any thoughts on like, I saw this article recently that said THCO is 34 times more potent than THC. And then it's like, okay, then is the conversation more nuanced than capping Delta nine THC? Do we need to look at these other subsets of THC, you know, like, do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like the conversation that I have with patients pretty often and you're reporting on the terpene stuff, which is fire, by the way, um, which is that we really only have a ton of research on THC and CBD and like these new things that we're learning about entourage effect and terpenes. It's like all pretty new information. Like we really only know too much about those two things. So it's hard to make a comment that's like super well informed on those things. I will say that when I read about these other substances, the main thing that I think about is the financial situation, because a lot of these like Delta 8 and Delta 9 things are they're hemp derived, right? Um, which would really fuck with the marijuana system. You know, this whole system is propped up by rich white guys. We both know that. <laughs> so if you take that away and you give people something that they can buy that gets them stone that you can get out of hemp, like Delta 8 or Delta 9, that really fucks with the legal marijuana system. Um, so when I read about that stuff, that's what I think about. And like the efforts to cap it are really just like, efforts to stymie a rival industry. Uh, so it's kind of like marijuana is becoming the hemp industry from before, you know, when they were trying, they were getting shut out because of the other powers that be like now they're doing it to the other people. Um, give me a few months. These, these, these take a lot out of me. Oh, I need months to prepare. <laughs> <laughs> 
All good. Well, maybe we'll we'll circle back on some of these things. I'm looking forward to the future, having you back on to talk about how things are going with psilocybin. I think that's the next frontier. It's something that we've flirted with a bit. Um, did you have any thoughts on the, the terpenes and entourage effect? I didn't know if you had any specific thoughts on that. Um, did you, did you have a chance to see the researcher I spoke with? Yeah, I read it. I thought it was really, really interesting. And I forever have been saying the same thing. Like you'll see a bunch of charts at dispensaries and they're great. Um, but research wise, we're only getting to the point where we can quantify them and measure them, but we don't really know about what they do. And that's a fact. I usually, put a rosy PS on it by saying that I think patients in stores are ahead of where we are as doctors. And that's a very rosy interpretation, but I kind of think it's true. Um, I don't think people would exchange these stories for no reason. I do think there's something to it. I just don't think we've gotten there yet. So do I know if it's terpenes or the honorage effect or this or that? No, but I think people are organizing marijuana by the problems that they treat. I see it in stores and who the fuck knows if that's not where science starts? You know what I'm saying? Science starts with observations. Um, big concern in a lot of different places. So who knows what will end up being true and not true. But at the present time, I usually just kind of say we can measure them, but we don't really know what they do. Yeah. Well, that was certainly rosy. And I'm so glad that you could, that you used the example of the poster. Dr. Lee, you're my hero. Because... Maybe, maybe we've talked about it in the past, but it, for me, it was always the poster. That's what triggered me. That's what like got me. I, I don't know. This I was just so official. Yeah, I know. And when I saw the poster, I was like, what the fuck are they talking about? Because on one hand, we're saying we've been held back and we've got no research and, you know, all these problems that prohibition causes. But on yeah. the other hand, we've got this pretty ass poster on the wall that tells me exactly everything. We're replacing that research does. with graphic design. That's all we need in this day and age. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, apparently. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> So thank you so much for for uh, bringing up the poster because that's always been the thing for me on that topic. I don't know why, but it's the poster. It just sends me I, like, what is this? <laughs> so I can't wait for something to come out that says lemon lemonine does something, and then we'll both read it and laugh, and we'll put the poster back up. <laughs> yeah, we'll put the poster back up and be like, you know what? That was a pretty poster. <laughs> well, on that note, Doctor Lee, uh, is there any last? Uh, is there anything else you'd like to say? Uh, again, Code Chillinois at Green Mind Physicians. Uh, seek out their services if you need them. Is there any way, any other way that um, our listeners can support you in your new journey? Any last thoughts? No, I think you guys have done enough. I appreciate it. And I'm so happy to be able to spend this time with you, Cole. It's great. Yeah, likewise, likewise. Well, we'll keep in touch. Again, safe travels tomorrow. And folks, uh, we hope you found value in this episode of the Chillinoy Podcast. See you next Absolutely. time.